0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is QC Fantasy. Welcome back. We are one week and one day away from NFL football. I'm joined today for a special release, breaking up the uh, regularly scheduled programming. Joined by Taylor Story. Taylor, how we doing?
1: What's up? It's it's almost DFS season. It is Let's go.
0: DFS season, everybody. Lineups are out, prices are out, DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, wherever you play, and we're excited to bring you a DFS show. Uh, We are going to be focusing mainly on DraftKings, but we are going to run through tips in DFS for tournaments, cash games, head-to-head, and then also look at values, dart throws, all the fun stuff that you can get into. But first, Taylor, let's dive into some NFL news. So a lot of news going on right now. Taylor, I know we were trying to catch up pre-show all the players being released, signed by other teams. So we're going to run through a few of these (laughs) and hit on maybe how these could affect uh, fantasy football if we think there's any real effect there. So a couple of just quick ones to point out. So Jalen Rager traded to the Vikings from the Eagles who notoriously drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Um, So now those two are going to end up Maybe on the field together, but I don't know how much is actually going to be there. Uh, LaVisca Chenault was traded to the Panthers, so I know I was excited about that. Not really because I love LaVisca Chenault, but because it just shows the Panthers are actually doing things, um, which is, is changed from the past. O.J. Howard visiting the Bengals, um, and then... Cray sermon was cut as well. So for all of you that thought a running back that ran a four six six and couldn't break tackles was going to be a good NFL running back, uh, that is clearly not the case. Uh, so those were kind of some of the releases, signings, trades, things that went on. Uh, Taylor, talk to us about a couple that may be a little bit more fantasy relevant.
1: I think the only one for me that I can immediately see becoming relevant is Sony Michelle. Uh, Just because of Eckler's injury past, I mean, I feel like at some point this season, Michelle is going to be uh, the number one waiver wire ad. Like, he's definitely a waiver wire guy, probably shouldn't get drafted and redraft. Um, But there's going to be a week where Eckler is injured, and Michelle is going to be the number one running back there. Uh, So I think Michelle is definitely the most notable here. Uh, Anytime you see a running back that has been relevant in the past get picked up by a team that has uh, an injury-prone stud running back, it kind of perks your ears up. You're thinking, oh man, do they trust this guy? Do they think he's going to get injured too, like the rest of us do? Um, So Michelle, I feel like, would have the biggest impact on the fantasy landscape this year. He definitely scored the most points out of all the guys. that's, That's for sure. Season long, let's say.
0: Yeah, so Michelle released by Miami and then pretty quickly was, was picked up, obviously played a role last year for the Super Bowl run that the Rams had. It is interesting because the Chargers cut Larry Roundtree, and it just makes you wonder about Isaiah Spiller and Josh Kelly, right? Like you said, I think Sony Michelle has a really good shot of being the number two. We've seen him yeah. do it. We've seen him do it on two Super Bowl-winning teams now, right? Because he was in New England, and then we've seen him in L.A., just the other L.A. team. Um, and luckily for me, I actually – because I have so much Chase Edmonds on some other best ball drafts, I have been grabbing Michelle and or Mostert. So this actually works out really well for me in the fact that I could have guys uh, on both rosters now instead of trying to split the load of the backup in Miami. Um right. So, and then I think another one that has really been hot and a guy that's been rising up draft boards is Marlon Mack being released from the Houston Texans. So, Ooh. I mean, it looks like this is Damian Pierce's backfield, um, you know, for what that's worth this year. Um, I don't know. Cause it's a, I, I don't think it's going to be a good offense. Um, I like Davis Mills. I think he's improved. I uh, Brandon cooks has been a value pretty much always, but I just don't know how much a running back in Houston is going to give me now if you're getting him as your RB two and you think he has that upside cool, I get it. But, um, with where he's being drafted right now, I'll just say I'm I'm not getting any Damien Pierce.
1: Yeah. No redraft. No. Um, if he falls into my lap and I happen to pick him and I just see a running back on the board, sure. Why not? But if he's anything between my RB one to four, I probably don't feel comfortable about it. Um, the thing that, it's getting to me as he is just shooting up draft boards in dynasty. I mean, I'm seeing him trade for first round picks. I'm seeing him go top five towards the end of the draft season here. It is absurd. I mean, it's the preseason hype. Like that's what happens. Uh, but I think people are just jumping the gun a little bit. Like you just, you still have to look at Houston's future. Like in the immediate future, do you think there's going to be games where Houston can just run the ball out and Pierce is going to, you know, get this steady production. Like he's going to have to have, Big games, big runs, big plays to have any sort of real relevant, relevant games, relevant seasons. Like he's not going to be this guy that's going to get you eight to 10 touchdowns. You know, he's going to have these random spurt games of, you know, two touchdowns just because of the, the volume he's probably going to get. So those are certainly possible, but as a whole, he's overvalued to me right now. So I'm not really touching him.
0: Yes, yeah, so on underdog, Damian Pierce is going off as running back twenty-four, and the running back oh, right God. behind him is Chase Edmonds at running back twenty-five. And I Jesus. will go ahead and tell everyone that if you are taking Damian Pierce over Chase Idiot. Edmonds, you have Sorry. no idea what you're doing, Moron. Um But I mean, that puts him as the second highest rookie running back being drafted right now, behind Brees Hall, and they're only separated by six spots. And that that yeah, just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. No. Um, but for that uh so we did see jimmy g restructure contract resign in um san francisco so anybody that's going to try to talk about trey lance here please just don't bother i'm not going to listen to it um you know is there potentially a shorter leash there I, i have no idea i don't think so but at the same time that has nothing to lower trey lance's ceiling and that's what i'm shooting for in fantasy football so i'm still all on trey lance i'm not worried about this but if it yeah. makes them cheaper in drafts, cool. I'll take that. I'll take the discount.
1: Yeah, I think that's like a, uh, I think that was like a thanks for your, you know, your effort restructure personally. You know, thanks for all you've done. We we know we brought this kid in here to take your job. So here's some money that we've got laying around. Here yeah. you go. Th- thanks for your efforts. You know, he's been tossed around. He deserves, I mean, he deserves it, right? Like,
0: yeah. I mean, went,
1: went to a Super Bowl and yeah. he. Uh, Great yeah. record. And they it's, but they
0: they couldn't find trade it's, partners, right? And it's so one of those
1: good good contracts for a player that you know we see it oftentimes in the NFL that correct. player that does a lot of good work for a team gets rewarded. So I think that's what this is really. Correct. um yeah, that's all it is to me,
0: yeah. so and then on a more serious note, obviously, uh, other big news kind of off the football field, uh, Brian Robinson uh, being shot twice in the leg in an attempted robbery, he saw some, you know, footage of him getting back to the facility and being around teammates and coaches, obviously. Thoughts and prayers to him, not really going to talk too much about fantasy with Brian Robinson or timetable, you know, just hoping the best for him and his recovery. And then once he's ready to get back or anything, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So bad, but not going to tie any fantasy evaluation to that as of right now, uh, just with how how soon it is. So, yeah, but a quick rundown of the news, some interesting signings, trades, things like that. But let's uh, dive into some DFS talk here. So breaking up our our redraft rankings here a little bit and diving into DFS, uh, really excited to do this. This is something that I am obsessive over during the year. Uh, And so, Taylor, let's kind of talk through some general tips for what we like to do for optimal game lineups. Um, And so I'll I'll take the first one, and then we can kind of alternate on some of these others. So biggest thing for me is I want to find the games that have high point totals for the game. So I know that points are going to be scored, which is going to lead to more fantasy points, right? So we start looking at, I know we've got listed here, like the Chiefs versus the Cardinals uh, is a big one where they're total points is over 50 uh if you're playing the thursday night game by itself buffalo bills la rams like that's over 50 at 53 according to DraftKings. so that's Mm -hmm. where i'm going to focus i'm going to avoid like the plagues the game like cleveland and carolina they're 41 and a half or jacksonville washington that are 44. i'm looking for the chiefs cardinals at 53 and a half the raiders chargers at 52 and a half Um, I'm even a little comfortable with like Packers Vikings at 48 uh, just because I want those games that could potentially turn out to be shootouts where we're looking at high point totals for wide receivers and quarterbacks um, and potentially running backs, especially if they have the pass catching ability. So that's really where I start breaking down what quarterbacks am I looking for. And then, you know, we'll get in here in just a second. You know, what wide receivers do I want paired with that quarterback?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you're all about finding those high scoring games which is which is what you have to do um i think one of the biggest things for me is when in relation to these high scoring games if you're building a lineup and you find yourself with say sub five thousand left and you're and you've got to find that last player maybe it's a flex or it's a third wide receiver something like that do yourself a favor and go and pick one of those last you know third options on a team from one of these games like the odds of that flyer hitting from one of those games is a lot more than just picking some random guy in a in the in a Chicago Lions game that's probably going to happen this season. You know, and it's probably going to end like twelve to twelve or you know, who, something just that you know is probably going to be garbage more often than not. So, target those games for even your flyers. Like, don't just pick a guy that you think, oh, I like this guy. I'm just going to throw him in there because he's that much money. Like, dude do yourself a favor and do that little bit more research research and pick that guy that has got a just a higher percentage to catch one of those long balls I mean all you need is one and plenty of these guys on some of these good teams that are playing in these big matchups can do that over some of those other guys that might be a bigger name or something like that so so don't uh you know buy just please buy into those big games big big numbers
0: yeah, yeah, I totally agree there. Like, if I'm going to take a swing on a last spot with like an MVS or a Miko Hardman, like I would, or a Josh Palmer in LA, right? Like, I'd much rather do that than be like, oh, I'm going to take a swing on LaVisca Chenault now that he's in yeah. Carolina or a, uh, you know, Paris Campbell in Indy because, you know, he's cheap and affordable, but they're playing Houston this week, right? Yeah. So the. That makes a lot of sense for if you already have your lineup built out and you've got studs, like those are the games to target for those last spots. Yeah. Um, so I kind of touched on it, but stack your QB and your wide receiver. I mean, the odds, especially if you are playing in big tournaments, of you winning without a stack – are extremely low you want the qb wide receiver that are going to connect for two or three touchdowns that week and you've hit the best combo you can have and then filling in around those so that's that's really what i'm looking to do and then every now and then you know i will throw in somebody from the other team if i think it's going to be a shootout and again we'll talk through lineups here shortly but making sure we have those stacks i mean i don't know how many lineups with stafford cup probably won tournaments last year especially early in the year when those guys were a little bit uh less expensive than they were mm-hmm. later on in the year after you know that rapport really built up and and word was out on
1: la yeah yeah it's uh I certainly agree i mean if if it's a smart stack and you can certainly build uh build a lineup around those two guys i mean if you're going after guys like You know, Herbert and let's say Mike Williams, who gets up there in price like that could hinder the rest of your lineup unless you've got some plays you like that you're confident. But, you know, be smart with your stacks. It's good to stack, but uh, you don't want to get kind of out of hand and blow your money on just two players. So so just be smart with it. Find those right matchups week to week stack when it's safe. Yeah, and
0: I'll jump down to another one here, which we talk about it before in our dynasty, like the reason we do these different rankings is because the setup for dynasty versus best ball versus redraft is so different, the strategy within the game. So please know the format that you're playing in, right? Like how many wide receivers, how many running backs, how many flex spots, um, and also knowing the scoring settings, like DraftKings is full PPR, FanDuel is half PPR. Also a difference on FanDuel is you have a $60,000 salary. And then if you compare some of the salaries of the quarterbacks on FanDuel, they're a whole lot closer in price than on DraftKings. So it's better for you to pay up for the top quarterbacks because the separation there isn't as big as say on DraftKings where you could potentially find value at the quarterback position two thousand dollars cheaper than the top guys Mm -hmm. um and so just to reiterate that like know the settings know the format know what you're playing and then taylor i'll let you kind of with that talk about some of the head-to-head or 50-50 uh matchups that you can play as well
1: yeah just one tail end thing on the rules like i'm looking at the DraftKings rules for this lineup right now and and you get three extra points for a 300 yard passing game if you're playing in one of the big lineups, 3 points can be a difference in $10 just like that. So if you're thinking, "Ooh, I'm going to be smart and savvy and play a cheap play and go down and take Daniel Jones for $5,000." I mean, there's a there's a 0% chance he's getting over 300 yards, you know. that's just not going to happen. So right there, you kind of hinder yourself if you're if you're trying to build a lineup like, "Oh, I'm going to be cheap on quarterback." Like there's just some points you can leave on the table. Um And kind of with that being said, we talk about some of the formats we might play. Uh, I definitely like, you know, making the money in regular fantasy, but I'll still play DraftKings and Daily Fantasy every week. Um, I love playing the kind of 50-50s, head-to-heads. People, you know, they're bankroll builders. They're safer plays, you might say. And then, you know, every couple weeks I'll throw two or three lineups in some of those big lineups once I get my bankroll up. But um, if you're playing these 50-50s, you don't necessarily want to stack, let's say. You know, it could still be smart to do so, but you want to find those safer plays. Cause in the 50-50, it's what it's it's in the title. You know, you're trying to get in that top 50 to double your money up. Um, and to do that, you know, all those riskier plays that don't work out, you're gonna see those guys at the bottom of the lineup. If you've got all these safer players, um, some guys we might talk about later. I know we've got a couple Graham and I are gonna talk about, but find those safer plays. You know, you want to find those running backs that are getting touches, you want to find those. Wide receivers that are getting targets, um, just safer plays that can win you these games, build that bankroll up. And then if you do, and if you're one of those guys that maybe doesn't like to spend so much on DFS, like some of us degenerates, you build that bankroll, then you get enough money, you can play in these big lineups. And then, you know, it's all really about luck and obviously how much research you do, but then you, you know, you can hit. And then, and next thing you know, you're off and running. Um, So, yeah, those 50 50s and head to head, I love safer plays. Uh, It's more relaxed, I feel like. Um, it's, it's probably more for, uh, it feels like it's more for an average player, but you definitely have a lot of more skilled guys in there as well that can, uh, can kind of create a really good lineup knowing what's going on week to week matchup wise and, and who's playing who and all that. So, so, uh, 50, 50 head to head, think of those safer plays, safer lineups that you want to put in there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to kind of look at it like we did with best ball and redraft, right? Like with best ball, I don't care. I'll swing for the fences because I have to have the peak plays in some of these bigger tournaments. But if you are playing these 50-50s or the head-to-heads, like, yeah, maybe take a guy that you know has a floor and right. then take some risks in other areas. And I know you mentioned volume, but that's gonna be huge as well, which is why I do talk about the high scoring games, right? That just means right. more offensive possessions, more plays being run, more points being scored. Like that is just all volume that will yeah. lead to better scores for running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, everybody uh, involved. So, you know, definitely something to think about and target. And I, I will say, and I'll ask you, Taylor, I am much bigger on playing four wide receivers. So having three in the wide receiver spots, specifically talking about DraftKings, and then a flex as a wide receiver as well. Um, a I think I can find that volume more cheaply in the flex spot with wide receivers than I can running back. And also in today's NFL, I just, I think wide receivers have a higher ceiling to blow up than running backs do it, when you, Take out say like the Jonathan Taylor or the CMC, but I'm assuming you're targeting those guys for running your running back roles if you're going to spend that kind of money on them. Not a flex spot. Um, yeah. So, what is your approach, or do you mix it up depending on what value you see on the board when looking at pricing?
1: Yeah, I do mix it up. Obviously, the first thing I look at is value. I mean, I go up and down the board and I see, okay, whose value where, and I'm uh, what guys am I going to have to have in my lineup this week? Um, for me personally. If I'm doing one of those 50 50s or head to head, I do like to have a running back in that flex spot, but only if it's one of those guys that I know is going to get volume. You know, one of those guys is going to get handoffs or going to get touches. Maybe they catch passes here and there um, just because it's, like I said, it's safer. Uh, but one of these bigger lineups, like one of these ones we'll talk about later, uh, I do have a running back, but it's one that has a little bit better pass-catching prowess. So the ceiling is higher than maybe one of these safer guys that I'm talking about uh, that's just going to be there for carries. This guy's going to get carries. He's going to catch passes. He's going to have more overall opportunities to put some bigger points on the board. But as a general sense, I I personally like having a third running back there. If I can get three running backs on my team that are going to get 15 carries, I feel like that's just a lot safer to hit that top half of the field. Um, Because, I mean, whether you come fifth or the last guy in the money, you're making the same amount of money in a 50-50. So uh, to me it doesn't really matter if I'm necessarily shooting for the sky on a 50-50 lineup, but if I'm in a a bigger contest, wide receiver is probably the play just because of the the chance to get, to catch two balls for 80 yards and two touchdowns like we have seen that before. And those are going to be those random cheap guys that you throw in a flex spot. It, it, I mean, we see it happen too often. Those guys at the top week one, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Week one, Sammy Watkins, get him in your lineups. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at, you, you got to go back and look too. I don't think this is on our sheet, Graham, but go back in the week prior and see the ownership, see the lineups, see what one uh, compositions, different compositions. A lot of times it's going to be one of these random dudes that blows up that week. Um, and that's just a guy, you know, you got to take a chance on to win these big lineups and make, you know, you're, everybody's looking to make the big money. You're not going to make the big money in the big lineups being safe. So you just got to, you just got to play your lineups in the contest you're in.
0: Yeah. And I think people can kind of hear, see the contrast between like, I am normally pay, playing in bigger tournaments um, and just shooting for that pure op- upside. Like I like to keep yep. my game theme consistent with the best ball to the DFS and just Being in the bigger tournaments, like I, there's just something about it that I get a little bit more excited about, and you know, there's there's more money on the table there. Uh, So for me, like that's the way I like to go. But like you said, in some of these 50/50s or head-to-head, you may want to have somebody with guaranteed volume at the running back position there instead. Um, And then while we're talking about that, you know, looking at higher risk and maximizing profit, like maybe you are taking a quarterback and you're doing some type of double stack, right? So you're going two wide receivers. running back wide receiver, especially if that running back has pass catching abilities, Uh, maybe you're going wide receiver tight end, right? So you want to find those games that are going to be high scoring with the high number of plays, high volume, which just means more fantasy points. And then also pairing that with probably a wide receiver on the other team, uh, especially if you're going running back uh, in your first set, because if I think that a team is going to be ahead and their running back is getting touches, Maybe I want QB wide receiver stack on the other side. Um, But again, just kind of different ways to approach this. If I know that, you know, some of these games are going to have over 50 points, I want more than just one or two pieces in that game. It may be three or four, depending on how I want to uh, stack everybody and position my lineup.
1: Exactly. Yeah, You want to. You want to just formulate that lineup as best as you can. Try different things that work. I mean, the start of the season is really for trying different things that you feel is going to work. You know, try a few things out. Make a few different lineups, some cheap lineups to get your feet wet the start of the season. See how things shape out with teams and, you know, guys get their roles. And then you can really kind of get into it as the season goes on, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and I think you're actually as we talk through this convincing me to change the lineup that I put together. So I, I actually
1: just changed a player as we were talking about it, so you kinda did the same thing, but Yes yeah, so we we'll, we'll, I'll mention that this. guy.
0: Yeah, hold on to those changes so that we can talk about it when we get to our lineups. But first, yeah. let's go through some some values here, some player values. So we're going to look at you know what each of us think is our safest player here for week one. So again, when we talk about these players' pricing and how we're uh, putting together our teams, this is all on DraftKings. Fifty thousand dollars, you get a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and then also a defense. Um, and so we're going to be talking about their pricing, uh, PPR scoring. Um, but we're going to go through a safest player, a dart throw player, so somebody that you can take a shot on. Maybe it makes your lineup a little bit more different, like Taylor talked about, the exposure. You don't mm-hmm. want the same exact lineup as a bunch of other people because, A, you're either going to lose, or even if you win money, it's going to get split among you. Uh, right. The next thing we'll go over is the best value, so where we see the most points for somebody that is affordable and needs to be in lineups, and then who we think is going to be the most owned player on teams that are winning in DFS this week. So Taylor, go ahead with your safest player and kind of talk through why that is the case.
1: Yeah, so mine's a little similar to yours. Um, My safest player this first week for me is going to be Derek Henry. Uh, Number one being he is 8,600 on DraftKings. Uh, I I feel like that's only going to go up as the season goes. I think he is going to be healthy. And I think this first game is might be the healthiest we get them. Um, I don't think they're going to really ease them into action. Um, They're playing the Giants, and it's a home game. So I feel like it it could be more competitive than people think. So I think they're still going to be in it. Either way, they're either going to be competitive or they're going to be running the ball out. Um, uh, So I think for me, Derrick Henry is a safe play. Uh, I think he's pretty much a lock to get me a, a good handful of points, probably a touchdown, maybe even two against a, like lesser giants defense. So that that's my uh, that's my safe play this week. A little expensive but still safe for me.
0: Yeah, so speaking of the healthiest, we're going to get somebody. I actually went with a running back that is $100 cheaper than yours. Um yep. and so Henry is $500 cheaper than Jonathan Taylor. Um Unbelievable. I went Christian McCaffrey who's at $8500. You mentioned the health thing for all of you nerds out there that are predicting injuries for every player and trying to avoid them like the plague. Ooh, this is a guy that just has the upside, right? So whether it's best ball, whether it's DFS, like this is where I am swinging. Um, and I'm going to take a guy that's $100 cheaper than Derrick Henry. And in PPR, I'm I'm all over it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works with, say, Baker Mayfield at quarterback, not really a check down guy, but he's had somebody like Kareem Hunt in his backfield before. And we know what Kareem Hunt has done while splitting the load with Nick Chubb been fantasy relevant when healthy. So I'm going to bank on that for CMC in week one is my safest play um so yeah, just
1: kind of just kind of uh going off of your point with cmc let me just rattle off these stats for cmc real quick first week last year played against the jets salary was 9500 he only went for 21 rushes 98 yards nine catches for 89 yards so that is what a a healthy cmc is going to give you 27 fantasy points uh, i think he's i think both of these guys are locked for 20 points at least week one i mean they're healthies they're going to get Yep. And we're going to see nothing but uh, nothing but good out of these two guys. So if you're looking for safe but expensive but also really good, the, you can't go wrong with either of these two guys.
0: So now let's look at the opposite, right? So we're going to go dart throw. So we're going to try to give you guys that are maybe a little bit less expensive but also guys that could potentially be boom or bust here. So you could you know, find somebody a little bit less expensive but you really have no idea what you're going to get. So real dart throw. Taylor, who do you have here?
1: Yeah, so... With those two big running backs, we've got, you know, you've got to find a dart throw that you like. Uh, Mine is $4,500. You can get them cheaper for guys like Chase Claypool, Drake London, who's a rookie, Jarvis Landry, who's on the same team as my player, Kenny Galladay. Uh, My player is Chris Olave, rookie from New Orleans. Uh, I've liked this guy all offseason, as you guys know. I, I think with Michael Thomas, still not, I mean, for some reason, I feel like he's just going to do nothing the first couple of weeks. They're going to ease him back in. He's going to be unbelievably rusty. Chris Olave is their best downfield threat that they have right now. I mean, sure, they have Landry, but he's old and Michael Thomas is old and injured. I think Jameis Winston is going to love throwing to Chris Olave and especially doing it at Atlanta, who has just got a horrid defense. Um, I think Chris Olave at $4,500 could easily see a long touchdown and give you really good return for me. What is my wide receiver three in my lineup? Pretty much my wide receiver four. He'd basically be my flex with all the prices I've got. But uh, still, uh, Olave at $4,500 for me is a really good dart throw, uh, a player that could catch a long touchdown, maybe even two. I mean, dare I say uh, Brandon Cooks in New Orleans? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I was... I don't want to say I was slandering Olave during the offseason, but I think the hype around him and maybe your your trade where you got rid of Mike Williams to draft him uh, upset yeah. me, and I got a little emotional about it. But yeah. as we get more news coming out about, like, you know, now it's Michael Thomas's hamstring. Like, are we talking about a his body's trying to compensate for still weakness around that ankle or whatever the case may be? And knowing that, yes, Olave's going to be the guy that can stretch the field. So if you talk about upside and Jameis Winston as erratic as he can be, he can also put up three hundred games with three three hundred yard games, three touchdowns, yeah. and how many? How right. much of that is Olave going to have? Right. Exactly. Um,
1: I think for me too, I look at it as like an ownership kind of thing as well. Like you look at these rookies, like Traylon Burks and Drake London are both more expensive than uh, Olave at five thousand, and people are just going to overlook him because of his price, his situation, and he's a rookie sure. more so than week after week and. I think right now is going to be a really good value. I think he's one of these players that, that I could also see just going slowly up and up and up as the weeks go on.
0: Yeah. So then with my dart throw, kind of like you talked about, I've got a guy that I can get cheaper than Josh Jacobs, cheaper than Alexander Madison, cheaper than David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, and Cordell Patterson at the Oof. running back position. But a guy that right now could be the every down guy, and I know we talked about Brian Robinson and the incident there, and I don't really want to talk fantasy around that, but Antonio Gibson is a guy that is talented physically. I know he may be in the doghouse for fumbles and other things, returning kicks, whatever the case may be. But if you just insert a guy with talent into volume, Um, And on an offense that even though I don't like Carson Wentz and I don't think he's good, I think he's an upgrade from Taylor Heineke last year, this offense could be a little bit better. And now we're talking about some volume for Antonio Gibson. And again, cheaper than Patterson, Ingram, Montgomery, Madison, and Jacobs. I can get him at 5,800 and squeeze him into my lineup. It's worth it for me if I am just shooting for pure upside on a roster in DFS.
1: He's one of those guys. He's one of those third running backs I mentioned that you could easily throw in your flex spot and just get that instant volume. I mean, he had over 14 fantasy points a game last year. Uh, Yes, please. Like I will take Antonio Gibson, and I'm going to ride him to the end of the season. Like, come on. Like this, he is ridiculously cheap. He could be one of those uh, higher owned players towards the top of the list. I don't think he'll be anywhere near to some of the top owned, but I could definitely see people coming to their senses and be like, wait a minute, why is why is Antonio Gibson below Patterson, Ingram, Montgomery, Jacobs? Like the it's criminal. Yeah, I'm 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 all aboard now. At least early
0: in the season. Until we start to see how this backfield actually plays out with health and everything like that, um, it's it's worth yeah. the risk for me at that at that point. So oh yeah, in a price let's look at best value here. So people that we think are underpriced but are just going to give you upside, consistency, pretty much everything that you could want.
1: Yeah, uh, not a homer pick. Not a homer pick, but I am going with Aaron Jones. uh, Packers playing at Minnesota. It's going to be the first game Green Bay's got without Devontae Adams. We've seen the splits. We've talked about the splits. Everybody knows them. Aaron Jones is going to have to be heavily relied on if Green Bay is going to want to go into Minnesota and win this game. I mean, Minnesota always plays well when Green Bay comes to town. I feel like they always split their season games and it always happens to be when they're at minnesota aaron jones being at 6700 dollars, and i think he's the 10th running back i believe i counted price wise uh but much cheaper than those top guys he is certainly a value as a guy that you can even play as your rb1 and be happy with i mean he had 16 and a half points a game last year uh they're playing a defense that's not the best not what it used to be um Aaron Jones, especially with his pass-catching ability, he can certainly shred this defense, uh, and I think the week one is always a good chance to do so. I, I think and I hope that Green Bay's week one is not going to be like it was last year against the Saints. So Aaron Jones is my value play for week one as far as kind of good players go.
0: Yeah, and I think on a platform like draft Kings where it's full point PPR and oh, yeah. you know, all summer people have been talking about the splits without Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. And, and obviously that's not something that's going to continue throughout the year. You're, you're going to see like CMC level volume and production, which we know leans to right. injuries. And they're not going to do that because AJ Dillon is going to be there, but if they do want to come out divisional game and just go ahead and put the foot down um, yeah. the, on the gas, like th- that's the way to do it is to feed Aaron Jones. Um, and then talking about value. So I had to I had to scroll a little ways here for mine. Um but I almost missed him. Yeah, we're talking about a wide receiver that is on one of the best offenses with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I can get him for fifty two hundred dollars. So just for reference, guys ahead of him, Jameson Williams, who is not playing uh fifty six hundred dollars out yeah, of the games, Williams. Adam Thielen, who I think is is getting a little dusty. I'll go ahead and uh, encourage hey. your your Packers uh, slander hey. here. DeAndre Hopkins is out. Um, and then same price as Brandon Ayuk and $100 more than Christian Watson in Green Bay. And I am talking about none other than Juju Smith-Schuster. So I know that will probably make Taylor happy, but we're talking about a guy that is the number one wide receiver. I know Travis Kelsey is there, but... I don't think it's even a doubt he's the number one wide receiver on that team. I wasn't as high on him early in the offseason when he first went there, but I think we've seen a string of success for wide receivers that have had top-end seasons, which I don't think you can deny Juju had, changing teams, and changing teams to a much better offense and quarterback, right? I think something that really hurt Juju was when he's playing with Big Ben and catching short passes, Juju's not a guy that's just going to break away from everybody, right? Like, he's not going to make plays from five yards off the line of scrimmage and house it for 40 yards, Um, at least not as often as guys like we see Tyreek Hill doing it or Debo. That's not his game. But if he can find gaps in defenses and work off of Travis Kelsey doing the same thing at $5,200 with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball in week one against the Arizona Cardinals, a game I think is going to be a shootout, one of these games I'm looking for. I'm taking Juju in the majority of my lineups, and I would not be surprised if he has a really high ownership, which is not good for my teams, but I can get different in other places.
1: Hey, I'm just saying, in his three better seasons, in his first three years in a, in the league, he had a, a reception long of 97, 97, and 76, all for touchdowns. So I think Juju's got that gas in him. But, I mean, I have been beating the Juju drum since last season. I mean, I was trading for him everywhere, And I was even, I mean, I'm I'm tooting my own horn here. I said he was going to the Chiefs. I was all over it. I mean, that was an easy play, but I stuck to the guns the whole time. I think in my like 23 fantasy leagues, I own him in like 15 leagues. I I mean, I've been taking him all over, getting him for cheap. So I'm all over the juju train. Absolutely agree with this pick. It is such a value, Uh, especially this first week. Uh, I think they could go off. I think it's going to be, uh, Mahomes is going to shovel those targets to the stud players. And when did we last see Juju have an unbelievable season when there was a player ahead of him that was better and acquired more attention, Travis Kelsey. So I think, you know, some people might say that Kelsey's not on the caliber level that Antonio Brown is. I certainly think he is, but, uh, we could easily see some lack of attention on Juju this year, or at least soft coverage, just because Travis Kelsey, Kelsey is still in the fold there.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because in Best Ball drafts, he's going off as like wide receiver twenty four or twenty three, I believe, and then here on DraftKings, I think he's he's close to like in the thirties for price. far, and it it just doesn't make any sense, especially with the game that he's going to be playing in. Um, I've definitely warmed up to him over the off season, and even more now uh, that, yeah, I'm I'm in on Juju with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. I'll sign up for it. Um, yeah. so off of value, let's look at who we think are going to be the most owned players in winning lineups, M- lineups that are winning head to heads, 50, 50s lineups that are going to win the big tournaments as well. Um, so what player do you see is just going to draw a lot of eyes, a lot of hype, but turn, you know, that into profits for people as well.
1: Yeah. I've got, uh, another guy that I've kind of been one of my, my guys, I guess you could say this year, Jalen hurts week one. Playing against Detroit, uh, they've got a, a pretty good secondary. Um, so their secondary receivers and third receivers might struggle a little bit, but uh, you've always got that rushing floor. I think Jalen Hurts is just going to carve up Detroit. I mean, we're getting, they're getting the hard knocks bump, so they might come out pretty strong week one. But still, Jalen Hurts, I think, is just going to dominate. He's $6,800. Uh, he had just over 20, 20 fantasy points per game last year. I feel like that even goes up a little bit this year jalen hurts is certainly uh, a guy that i feel like could be most owned you look at the stackable players you look at the matchup i think people are going to eventually gravitate towards Ooh, jalen hurts is sitting there six seven spots down from the top of the most expensive guys like uh mahomes and herbert and you see jalen hurts sitting right there uh people are going to want to want to grab him put him in his lineup maybe grab a few more eagles players in a good matchup so Jalen Hurts, I could easily see one of those highest owned players in some of those top finishing lineups this, this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys know my obsession with rushing ability out of quarterbacks. Like I yep. there's just a different level there that those guys can get to. Um, you know, I, I haven't been all in on Hurts this se- this offseason. I think more of it has been cost than anything. I think you guys mm-hmm. know I'm a Trey Lance stan and I can get Trey Lance much later and lower, but I I do get the appeal and it's really interesting now that they have just put talent around him right like bring in AJ Brown you, you've got an alpha there Devonte right. Smith can play off of that Dallas Goddard is one of my favorite tight ends this year so yeah I think Wheels could be up for Jalen Hurts, maybe just not at the price for me uh, for what I have to pay in drafts. But here, when you're talking about he's behind guys like Aaron Rodgers, um, even Lamar Jackson playing at New York in week one, um, just not something I'm super interested in. And I think the Detroit offense is better than people think. And so that game could end up being higher scoring uh, than people believe it's going to be in week one. Yeah. So. My most owned player, you, you hit on him. I mean, I'm gonna pay up for a guy that is just going to be in a shootout, and when we get to our lineups, you'll see how I correlated that together. But Justin Herbert, week one, I think he's going to have high ownership. We're talking about playing against Las Vegas, the Raiders, And that's, again, one of these early divisional matchups. And you've got Devontae Adams, you've got Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr on one side. And then I've got Justin Herbert plus Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Like, they're just going to be points scored. Now, I know both of those teams have really good defensive lines, which is going to be the interesting piece. Uh, Chargers obviously have a great offensive line. Uh, Raiders is probably lackluster or in the midpoint of the league but I just think that could be an absolute shootout. And so if that's the case, I think Herbert is going to score more points. I think it's just the better player. I think they're gonna win that game. And those are again, the plays that I'm looking for with just that absolute upside where there are things that Justin Herbert can do with the ball that almost no one else in the league can do outside of maybe a Mahomes or Rodgers, And I just like this fit as far as game goes for Herbert more than I like Rodgers matched up against Minnesota or even maybe Mahomes paying up to get him against Arizona.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh if you're going to use these top guys, these are the weeks to do it. You know, you're playing these high scoring matchups that always seem to happen at the start of the season. Um, these are the guys that these are the, these are the leagues where you feel better about spending up because you know, this is surely got to be a high scoring shootout type of game. So yeah, definitely a good pick there with, uh, with Herbert, people are going to want to look at him. They're going to want to stack him. They see the matchup. They're going to want to put him in his, into his lineup, into their lineups.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about Justin Herbert, Mike Williams early last year, right? Like go ahead, have that stack in some games. And how did that work out for people in DFS? Pretty, pretty probably. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back to that. Well, um, but let's talk about our lineups now. Okay. So we've, it's interesting to compare our lineups to some of the stuff we just talked about with safest player, dart throw, best value. I really only have one of those guys in, in this lineup, but reasons for that. So uh, you want to go first, or do you want me to talk through mine?
1: I'll go ahead. I got, right. uh, I got tons of those guys I talked about in my lineup, so I'll get them out of the way. way. Let's hear it. Um, so starting uh, at the quarterback spot, I've got Kirk Cousins, then I go Derek Henry, Aaron Jones. I hit the wide receivers. I got four wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr., Adam Thielen, Chris Olave, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who is the guy I swapped out for Chase Edmonds. Uh, Dallas Goddard at the tight end spot. And then I got the Titans defense playing against the Giants. Um, Had a lot of sacks last year, had a lot of interceptions. I feel like they keep it up this year, especially against a Giants team with Daniel Jones at quarterback. I think he is hot garbage and is going to come out and play as such um but yeah back to back to the lineup it's sad to do this but I've got Kirk Cousins Adam Thielen stack in there I feel like every time that they play home against Green Bay these guys do well Thielen always seems to score a touchdown like we mentioned with Derrick Henry who I've got in my lineup and CMC this is the healthiest I think Adam Thielen's gonna be I mean you look at some of these guys that are older uh, it's a good price for him at 5400 I feel like I mean to me it's It is a little bit of a bias, but I feel like he is guaranteed a touchdown in this game. It always seems to happen that way. So uh, I feel like that stack could prove to do well, especially with Kirk Cousins. I mean, you forget about Justin Jefferson, who also played unbelievably well against Green Bay last year. So uh, although that Jair Alexander's back, I feel like these guys are still going to eat. And even when you look at it that way, Jair Alexander is definitely going to be draped all over Justin Jefferson, especially week one. Uh, so Adam Thielen could be a guy that breaks away. Uh, you know, I already talked about Derek Henry and Aaron Jones, Michael Pittman's and other those guys, they're playing at Houston 5,500. Uh, I, th- I think you, you know, I'm teasing a little bit. You might have them too, but, uh, it's just too good of a deal to pass up there. 5,500 for Michael Pittman, who really the general consensus is he's going to explode. Um, and then I go down to Dallas God- Goddard against Detroit, they have not been the best against tight end, and they really haven't done anything to get better at it. I mean, they just dropped one of their uh, one of their vet linebackers who's been with them for a while. So that certainly doesn't help. Uh, I feel like Dallas Goddard could be one of those guys that squeaks in there for a touchdown with Hertz just because of their corners aren't the worst. Um, so I think he could sneak into the end zone. But uh, I feel good about my lineup. Got a safe player like Derrick Henry, but I've got a couple guys that can blow up like uh, Olave or Juju can take one to the house. You know, and Michael Pittman and Adam Thielen, I I feel like I've got a lot of guys that I'm almost pretty confident in that are going to have a touchdown this week, at least. So that's kind of what I'm banking on. It's hard to predict touchdowns. But uh, when you look at these guys, it's going to be, you know, I look at them and I think, man, how are these guys not going to score a touchdown this week in these matchups? So that's uh, that's what I'm rocking with in my lineup. Yeah. And so
0: what was your salary? Did you spend the full 50,000? I did spend more? the whole 50.
1: Yep. I went okay. full 50 because I kind of, I was either going to go dolphins, Titans, uh, defense based on how much money I had. I had enough for the Titans and I liked the matchup. So I went with them or I could have yeah. saved 600. I think, uh, dolphins are what? 2,900, 26, 26. Okay, yeah. I can't remember 26. So I could have saved a little bit more, but, uh, you know, I, I like the uh, Titans matchup against Danny dimes much better.
0: Yeah, it it hurts me to hear you remove Chase Edmonds, but I'll get to him in a second. Yeah, I did, um, I did. And yeah, I, I like the I like the Goddard play. I mean, you know, I just mentioned I wasn't super high on Hertz, at least not at cost. But mm-hmm. you look at. You know, if if Hertz isn't going to be running the ball in, like I don't know if they're going to trust any of the running backs with the ball in the back in the yeah. red zone, right, like Miles Sanders, zero touchdowns last year. Are they going to trust Kenneth Gainwell? Are they going to right. enjoy Boston Scott there? Or are you going to trust Jalen Hurts as your quarterback to get the ball to Devontae Smith, who won a Heisman trophy, AJ Brown, your alpha you just traded for, or your tight end Dallas right. Goddard, who you let Zach Hertz walk so that you could put him into your lineup a whole lot more often and feature him more. Um, so I like that pick. I can always appreciate you taking a shot on your guy with a especially if Michael Thomas isn't full health, then it's what competing with Jarvis Landry for looks. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's right. a pretty good position to be in because they're going to play two different spots, right? Like Landry's going to be short. Alave can stretch the field and with Jameis yep. Winston at quarterback, we know that can pay off. Um, so I'll, I'll run through mine and we've got a little bit of overlap here. So I did go Derek Carr at 5900 Um, and the reason I went Carr instead of Herbert is mostly the price so that I could pay up for the best wide receiver in that high-scoring game. So one of my wide receivers is Devonte Adams, so that was my stack really quickly. Devontae is the most expensive wide receiver on the board at 8100 but it was totally worth it, and I saved the money with Derek Carr rather than t- trying to chase Justin Herbert in that game. And not knowing, are Herbert's touchdowns going to go to – Eckler are they going to Mike Williams are they going to Keenan Allen are they going to Gerald Everett right so I feel pretty good about Devonte Adams being featured in the first game the rapport that those two have going back to college we'll throw in the shower narrative here mm-hmm. um with that I did go Austin Eckler at running back paid up a good bit for him at 8200 again same game so that's my run back uh, where Eckler is going to be featured be able to run the ball and I think at some point Vegas may be playing catch up and that's where I'm really excited about Carr and Adams uh chase edmonds at my rb2 um i think everybody that's been listening knows my obsession with him his pass catching ability this is full ppr scoring so i'm i'm all about that even in a game against the new england defense it's in miami miami plays them pretty well down there we've seen a number of upsets that just made no sense when miami was terrible oh yes i went ahead like you did threw juju in there so i think i've talked enough about juju but facing arizona high scoring game Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, enough said. Uh, I've got Rashad Bateman in there at 5,300 points, so they are playing at New York. Uh, again. another good steal. A a guy that's going to get volume, right? So Mm -hmm. Juju at 5,200, Bateman at 5,300, just finding some of these more affordable wide receivers that also could just see volume and blow the top off if they get a touchdown or two. Um, Michael Pittman, who you also have, I threw into my flex spot. So him at 5,500, I don't know if you saw, but in the final preseason game, when Matt Ryan was in Michael Pittman's target share was 35%, uh, absolutely absurd, obviously not sustainable, but the fact that I really just don't see much target competition there when they aren't running the ball with Jonathan Taylor, it's going to go to Michael Pittman. Um, I have plenty of him in best ball. I love him in week one against the Houston defense. Um, And I did go dolphins defense here. So they're playing new England. Um, And I think it's, I'm going to go back to just the offensive line in, New England is not that great. I think they can get sacks. Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback. I think I'm somewhat buying into some of the preseason slander of Mac Jones with the interception he threw against the Raiders, trying to fit the ball between like seven black jerseys that made no sense. Um, But again, at $2,600, that opened me up to be able to get an Eckler and a Devontae Adams. And then tight end was actually where I made the change. So I was paying down for uh, David Njoku in the Cleveland Carolina game. Jacoby Brissett is not a guy that's going to try to stretch the field with the ball. I think David Njoku with athleticism can make plays after the fact. I think Caroline is probably going to win that game. Again, that might be a little bit of bias, but uh-huh. I think that Cleveland may be needing to pass the ball, and that's probably going to go to Amari Cooper or David Njoku rather than relying on the running game 100% like we know they do when they're winning. So, yeah. however— I did take out David Njoku and for actually $100 less, plugged in Gerald Everett, who's in that Las Vegas L.A. Mm. game. Um, A little bit sneaky as I don't know what his exposure will be because I think everybody's minds go to the two wide receivers in L.A., maybe even Josh Palmer in L.A. plus Eckler, but I think in the red zone an athletic tight end for Justin Herbert to be able to target uh, is something that I'm interested in and again, it gives me that Extra exposure and correlation to that Las Vegas and that LA game, where I already have Carr, Eckler, and Adams. I want a pass catcher with Justin Herbert, and the one that I can plug in here afford and I think could sneak in a touchdown is Gerald Everett at tight end.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be so many points going around that game, and I feel like it's okay with taking anybody. Um, the Eckler pick. Kind of intrigued me. Uh, You're getting one of those top guys, but you're still you're still saving a little bit of money there. So you definitely hit a few spots where you're saving a little money. Like you get that Dolphins matchup in the defense. You get Eckler, who's a who's an elite guy with a great matchup, but he's you know 300 less than McCaffrey, so he's the fourth most expensive guy, but still by a a little bit. So I mean, all all these dollars go to other players, like allows you to get a little bit better player, and you get Michael Pittman instead of maybe having to go down and get a guy that's like five thousand. So All these little changes, but still having a great lineup, I feel like allows you to really fill uh, fill out a really good competitive lineup. Um, I feel like your ceiling definitely increased when you made that Njoku swap. I mean, you know I haven't really been big on Njoku this whole offseason, so uh, I think Everett probably has a better chance to score a touchdown than njoku does it's again it's tough to say but just with the amount of points that are going around how many times are going to be in the red zone i mean it's going to be back and forth all game so everett i feel like is a better play there just speaking on uh speaking on kind of your big switch that you had going on
0: yeah i think njoku is probably the safer play with targets and then just receptions and full ppr but i do agree with you that the the upside for everett is much higher than njoku at least in this matchup in this week
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, and, and like we said, this is one of those lineups where you're looking to get that million dollars to first. So you got to have some guys that can, uh, you know, we both got that stack. We've got guys that can hit those big ceilings. Um, and another thing I kind of thought of while you were talking is uh, you, we both have Michael Pittman, and someone might say, oh, well, they're playing Houston. It's going to be a blowout. They're, you know, they're just going to run the ball the whole time. Pittman's not going to be a factor. I, I kind of look at it as it, it's week one, this is when everybody's most healthy. I think that doesn't really factor in as much to me as maybe if you were in later in the season, you've got some pass catchers banged up, and maybe your RB's healthy, so you're able to run it out. Even use a, you know, even use a couple, a uh, couple extra running backs a team might have. So I feel like that 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 narrative doesn't really go into play as much in week one to me. I mean, every team wants to go out there week one and put on a show for their fans. So I don't think a team might want to run it out as much like uh, like what people might say during the middle of the season towards the end of the season. So uh, I'm sure somebody would, would make that comment about that game, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at with, with Pittman and in, uh, in Indianapolis at Houston. Yeah, just to argue with the theoretical people we're talking about, um, I'm sure that the people that
0: are not wanting to draft Michael Pittman in DFS this week also have Damian Pierce as their RB two, So they think that they're gonna be running the ball this week and Damian Mm -hmm. Pierce is gonna score a lot of points. And yet you don't want Michael Pittman on the other side. Um, I don't know that for a fact, there may be people that hate Damian Pierce and also hate this pick, but it's when I look at it where there's a lot of hype around, you know, and I use hype in a general sense, especially talking about Brandon Cooks because he's so underrated, but Nico Collins has gone up draft boards. We've seen Damian Pierce rocket up dashboards. so. With all the hype around Houston that I'm seeing right now with where guys are being drafted, you know, that was my issue with, say, Miami, right? If you don't have Tua as a QB1, how do you possibly have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, and Chase Edmonds all as like ones and twos at their position? It just doesn't work when you talk about the numbers there. So if you're high on Nico and Pierce and Cooks, you've got to also look at this Michael Pittman pick and be like, okay, for $5,500 and maybe Houston's a better offense than we think, Yeah, let's let's roll with that. Um, And I think Michael Pittman's right now, like you said, a huge breakout option this year. And physically, I mean, the guy, it may not look it on TV, but like he's tall, he's strong. He's got the look of an alpha and he's got, I think, a much better quarterback in Matt Ryan coming in who we have seen succeed with quality wide receivers.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it's uh I'm starting to come around in pittman just a little bit so uh I feel pretty pretty confident in my lineup i, I like it so um I'm excited we will right. well, you know, get a nice little early lineup in there
0: yeah we're uh we're both entering here to the same contest which means one of us will be winning a million dollars we will see who um so I'm, uh, I'm first
1: gonna... and second we'll split it in half yeah that's it's fine. Fair. that's
0: fair we'll uh so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and hit enter here while we're while we're live and looking the oh, there I'm yeah. already in there one million to first. There it is. Last second change with Gerald Everett. Um, so Love it. Taylor, before we leave the folks here, um, so we are looking at again, I mentioned it on our last show, but if you DM us on Twitter or Instagram, so that is at QC underscore fantasy, we will be entering lineups into these million dollar to first competitions, uh, yep. for you. So that is coming from QC fantasy. You're welcome. We will split the earnings so you will get. Twenty-five percent, um, mostly because taxes, it's all gonna come through us, all the fun stuff that goes along with that, 100%. we're gonna spend like half the money, right? So um thank the government for getting twenty-five percent, but send it's us lineups, we will randomly draw one, and again, that is going to be potentially twenty dollars that you are not paying. But hey, if we win a million and you get two fifty K, like that's a pretty good trade-off for just sending a DM to somebody. Yeah. So yeah Twitter, What's Instagram up? at QC underscore fantasy. Send us your lineups. We will randomly draw one of them. We will let you know if yours is drawn and then we will enter those lineups and for anything that is won, again, 25% will come to you. No cost out of your pocket. We are just going to do this to try to get more involvement and, you know, say thank you to the people that are subscribed, listening, reviewing, all the fun stuff that we really appreciate. Yeah, got to get back to the fans, you know.
1: They deserve Uh, some love too.
0: Our people. Our people. We're trying to help you out. We'll take the cost, but we're also going to you know, try to make out positive here too. Uh, yeah. But at least for week one, you will be not be beating my lineup or Taylor's lineup. So maybe weeks weeks two and on, you've got a shot. So yeah, exactly. anything you want to
1: leave the people with? Uh, No, I mean, I think one of the big things that we didn't really touch on, that's kind of more of a emotional thing. You lose a couple in a row. Don't, don't get down there. You know, you're going to have down weeks. You're going to have up weeks. So if this is something you like to do, stick with it. Don't, uh, don't feel discouraged. Uh, the only way, this is terrible advice. Don't actually take this advice. The only way you can come out with a loss is if you quit. So uh, that is, uh, that's a uh, uh, gambling addiction one-on-one. So and of keep gambling, trying.
0: Gambling addiction one-on-one. Don't spend money. You can't afford to lose. Okay. Yep, exactly. Don't, don't do that stuff. Don't go throwing credit cards in here if you don't have the money to make it up. Yep, and you winnings. Um winnings. But it is. It's fun. It's exciting. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, uh, we'll make out positive this year and hopefully be able to give back some big payouts to some people that send us lineups.
1: Yes, sir. All right. All right.
0: That's it for QC it. this week. We will be back later this week to finish up redraft rankings. And then on Monday, Labor Day, we are going to do the uh, Queen city clash QC, uh, live auction draft. That will uh, be, yeah, baby. we will release that. We will have some guests from our league on the show, yeah. Gonna be a fun time. Probably gonna be our longest show yet. So hopefully everybody can bear with us, or do like I do and listen to your podcast at two x speed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you, hey, everybody. We're out. See ya. I love the pictures at the top when you submit. It makes me feel even better about the lineup when I can like put the faces to it. You know, I'm like, man, that's a
1: winning. Score. Oh, like right when you submit, you mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm still on that screen. I haven't exited. That. Oh yeah, no, I have. We got some. Actually, I lost my lineup for a second. I had to redo it. Good looking. Good looking team.